0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church.
1: So church, we're getting ready now to hear God's Word and we're very fortunate and blessed to have three powerful men of God bringing God's Word to us this week. Graham, Adam and James have each recorded a short sermon for us. And it's going to be wonderful. God has put something on their heart for us. You'll hear the heart of a shepherd coming out of these men. So open your heart to what they have to say.
0: Hi. So we're picking up today in Luke chapter 21 on the uh, events of uh, Jesus a week before his crucifixion, a week before the Passover. Um, and uh, if you remember, if you. We were able to listen to what I was saying before. We were looking at uh, Jesus warning that a time would come when men's hearts would fail for fear, and that's got quite a, a, a contemporary feel to it right now with the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic spreading around the world, because that's exactly what's happening, and many are fearful, uh, and many are questioning. So let's look again at this chapter because I think it's got more to tell us. And in particular, I'd like to look today at Jesus' words when he said, see to it that you are not misled. Okay, so that's in verse 8 of Luke 21. And uh, this is one of these places where the Bible can be a little bit complicated. It's not just a simple book. The Bible needs careful reading, it needs careful understanding. Um, And it's full of truth, full of God's truth, but we need God's help to interpret it. And this is one of those chapters, and there's some similar chapters that cover some of the same events in the other Gospels, uh, where we need to read carefully, and we need to understand what Jesus is saying and what he's not saying. And I think that's why he says Uh, in this chapter, watch out that you are not deceived. There is a danger of being deceived. There is a danger of being misled. There's a a danger of reading reading things simplistically, without enough care, and ending up uh, with the wrong conclusions. So even in those days when they didn't have newspapers, they didn't have uh, internet, of course, social media, there's still a danger of fake news. There's still a danger of being misled. And that's what Jesus here is warning them about. And he says, watch out that you are not misled. We need to be careful what we read. We need to be careful how we read the Bible. We also need to be careful what we read uh, from the media. Um, Because uh, right now, there is a whole raft of conspiracy theories out there um, on the internet. And uh, there's a danger that we might just uh, get taken in by some of these. Let me tell you about some of the conspiracy theories that I've I've uh, read about on the internet. So one, one is that COVID-19 arrived from space. Yep, that's some people believe that, that COVID-19 arrived from space. Other people say it's actually um, Chinese 5G technology attacking our brains. It's not a virus at all. Um, And then I've also read that um, it's possible, some people think, to avoid getting COVID-19 by drinking cow urine. Yep. Or if not that, coconut oil or eating lots of garlic. In fact, one Chinese lady was admitted to hospital because her throat was so damaged by eating too much raw garlic. Um, Another one that uh, I've come across is that um, COVID-19 was caused by Greta Thunberg from Sweden uh, to reduce climate change and save the planet. Another one is that it was actually, no, it wasn't her. It was Netflix trying to promote their new series Pandemic. And finally, um, let me just tell you there, there's a very prevalent um, theory out there at the moment that in fact, what's happened is Bill Gates is planning to use COVID-19 vaccine to place microchips into the whole world population. So there's a lot of theories out there. Uh, Some of them are are quite comical. Some of them um, a bit scary, perhaps, if we take them seriously. Um, Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am he. The time is near. And then he said, don't go after them. And I think that those words apply to us today in relation to these uh, conspiracy theories. Don't go after them. You also read many other places in the New Testament, for instance, in the book of Timothy, where Paul says in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 3, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. So there's many there's many conspiracy theories, uh, but in fact, what uh, what the Bible says they are is they're controversial speculations. And Jesus says, "Don't go after them." Instead, what do we do? Well, instead, we watch out. Watch out that you are not misled. And how do we do that practically? Well, I would say we watch out by reading the Bible. Okay, read the Bible more than we read what's on the Internet. Get, get the balance right. And even if you don't understand it all, ask God for understanding when you read the Bible, because he will give understanding if we ask him. Um, secondly, we watch out by having faith, not fear. So we need to exercise faith. We need to ask God to give us faith. And faith comes by reading the Word. So those two are very much linked together. And thirdly, we watch out uh, by standing firm, in what we know. And this is where the things that we've been taught over our Christian lives become very important. And if you've been a Christian for many years, you should have within you a, a whole store of, of Bible truth and Christian knowledge and truth, which has been put into you by our teachers and books and, and good theologians. And this is a time that we need that. We need to stand firm in what we know. And So the promises that help us to stand firm, promises of God. Now, our pastor, Greg, spoke recently about um, the promise that's here in verse 13 to 15. We won't look at that again, but there's there's quite a few promises in this chapter, Luke chapter 21. Um, Some of them are not as uh, positive as we might like. Not all promises are uh, promises of uh, roses and ice cream. Some promises actually are warnings, but they're still promises. So in verse 17, Jesus says, everyone will hate you because of me. Now, you might say, that's not a promise I want to hold on to. Well, we, we need to know it's true because if it happens and it does happen around the world, many Christians are persecuted today. Then we need to know that it's actually something that Jesus said would happen. Everyone will hate you because of me. Okay, next verse 18, the next verse. But, he says, not a hair of your head will perish. Now, that's that's an encouraging promise. So you might be persecuted, but you won't perish. And by perish here, he's not talking just about this physical body that we have. He's talking about eternity, that in eternity, we won't perish. Remember, one of the most famous verses in the Bible is John 3.16. Uh, where it says that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, Not even a hair of your head will perish. And then third is another one, the next verse, verse 19. He says, stand firm and you will win life. Stand firm and you will win life. Okay, so there's a promise with a condition. We have to stand firm firm so in conclusion i'd just like to look at um one final verse which is in ephesians chapter 6 about how we stand firm and this is one of those places that uh, we often go to when we and we want to learn about the armor of god because that's what the chapter is all about and uh, paul in his letter here goes through the different elements of armor that we put on as soldiers of christ And, of course, they're all full of meaning. They're spiritual. Uh, This is spiritual armor. This isn't physical armor. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. And then it says it again, Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And it's interesting that of all the pieces of armor that he he goes on to talk about, and we're not going to go into those today. The first one is the belt of truth. We need to have truth buckled around our waist. And so you can have your conspiracy theories, or you can hold on to God's truth. And I think what we're being told here is that... uh, that's what we, it's the latter that we need to do. We need to know the truth of God, which means we have to read about it. We have to um, draw on the resources that we have. And if you haven't, if you're a new Christian, if you have just become a Christian, then you need to find good teachers and good uh, Christians who will disciple you and, and show you how to read the Bible, show you how to access this truth. And that's what will enable us to not get carried away by. Uh, controversial speculations, things that don't lead anywhere really and don't help us in focusing on what is right and what God wants us to believe. So let's stand firm.
2: I cannot emphasize the importance of the Word of God. Not only does the Word of God tell us about who we are in Christ Jesus, But it also tells us about what we should be doing in Christ Jesus. And one of the important things is not just reading the Word of God, but also prayer. Um, The Bible requires us or asks us to pray always. Pray always without sin. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, this is what it says. It says, pray without ceasing." And 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 if we go to the book of Ephesians, the, the epistle to the Ephesian church, chapter 6, verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer, it prays, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. It goes on and on. But the point that I just wanted to make there is that praying always, it says in all prayer. Are you stressed are you distressed are you hopeless are you despondent are you happy no matter the condition of, of your or of your of your heart or what you are feeling you and I are required to pray it says this in in Philippians in Philippians 4 verse 6 this is what he says is do not be anxious about how many things is about anything? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will garrison, will umpire your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You can ask me what should I be praying for? I don't have anything to ask God. Look, there are different kinds of, of prayers that you can you can be doing right now, especially now during the, the lockdown period. You can worship God, you can praise God, or you can just give thanks to God. This is what it says in First in Thessalonians chapter number five verse 18. It says um give thanks always says in everything give thanks to god for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you give thanks and and, in the place where i read earlier in philippians 4 6 it says but in everything by everything in prayer with supplications and thanksgiving and thanksgiving You can just give thanks to God if you don't have anything. But more importantly, I I can leave this with you. When Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, he gave them some of the things that he himself was praying for. He told them what exactly he was praying for them. And listen to this. In Colossians chapter one, Paul says, "For this cause, since the day I hated, I do not cease to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might." according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering, with joyfulness giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. These are some of the things that Paul made the church at Colossus aware of, um, that he was actually praying for them. You can make those points, your prayer points as well. Listen, praying that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Praying that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Praying that you might be increasing in the knowledge of God that you may be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joy with joyfulness and on and on and on i cannot emphasize the importance enough the importance of of prayer if you're not feeling um like doing it, we still require to pray. I pray that you get energy. You get energized in the spirit to
1: pray. Hi, everybody. It's good to be with you again today. Um, I wanted to take uh, a few moments today, not a long time, to share some thoughts with you from a passage of Scripture that I've been mulling over over the last couple of days, Uh, I'm sure this is uh, a strange time for you. Uh, It seems that it's affecting everybody slightly differently in terms of the knock-on effects of uh, lockdown and all that. But I believe that this story today really is going to be helpful for you in terms of navigating your way through change. Um, I think if you've lived for a while, you'll realize that Change is one of those things that occurs regularly in our lives and uh, the first thing I really wanted to say today is uh, I think we all as God's people need to learn to make peace with change rather than fight against it, learn to navigate through it and come out the other side in the place that God wants us to be. And so that's really my hope today. Um, There's change happening now and there's change coming. And I wonder what normal is going to look like for you. Maybe you feel like God is wanting you to do something different Um, And I want to try and help you today as we look at our scripture. So let's look together at Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to verse 11. And it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and we read that he began to teach the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, we read that they caught such a large number of fish that their their nets began to break. So the Bible says they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, for he And his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And I believe that's something that God wants to do in our lives and in this time. He wants to astonish us. He wants to astonish you. Uh, And uh, Sorry, let's read again. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. What a fantastic story for us to just begin to digest today, and that's what I want to do. I want to to pick out a few things that stand out to me, that are speaking to me, and I'm trusting that God is gonna communicate to you in your specific circumstances and lead you forward. The first thing that stood out for me was in verse three, Jesus turns to Simon and he says to Simon, please will you take us out a little way? Now, this is significant because Jesus is gracious to us and he leads us incrementally. So I wanna leave that there and we'll come back to that point. But the point is that they went out just a little way from the shore so that Jesus could teach. And Simon was just a bystander. He simply sat there and was listening and watching what Jesus was doing. Then we read in verse four, that Jesus says to Simon, right, Simon, Take us out into deep water. The point that I want to make here today is that Jesus leads us on. He might meet us right where we're at, but he doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to stay in shallow water. Now, you might be not wanting to hear this right now, but Jesus has made you for the deep. Jesus wants to take you out into deep water, where it's a bit scary, where there's unknown, where you don't know where the bottom is. You're not sure that your feet can touch the bottom. Jesus wants to lead you and I on, and it could be in this time that we find ourselves as a people, as nations, that God is wanting to take us as a church into deep waters, places where we've never been before, but also as individuals. Maybe Jesus has been speaking to you recently about change that he wants to make in your life, and it's scary. All I want to tell you today, just keep listening. Keep open. Listen to what Jesus says So Jesus says, let's go out into the deep water. So they're moving on from the shallows to the deep. And then Jesus says something even more astounding. He says, put your nets into the water for a catch. Now, bear in mind, Simon's a fisherman. The Bible tells us he's been working hard all night and they've caught nothing. And so Jesus' words don't make sense in terms of circumstances to Simon. On many levels, but what's important is that Simon said, God, if you say it, if this is what you want, then I'll do it. And that's the key right now. Sometimes God wants to lead us into a new thing. And what he needs from us is to say, God, it doesn't make sense, right? But if you say so, I'm simply going to obey you. You know, if you think about it, what Jesus was asking Simon to do, fish in the deep water, it was the wrong place and it was the wrong time. They had been fishing at night. Night time was fishing time. And now they weren't fishing anymore. They were washing their nets in preparation for their next fishing session, which would probably have been in the evening. And the Bible says that Simon says to Jesus, God, we've been working hard all night. We've been all over this place and nothing is biting. I want to tell you that sometimes God is going to ask you to do something that doesn't feel like the right time. And it doesn't feel like the right place. But we simply are called to say, God, if you say so, I will do it. And the result was a supernatural catch of fish. Simon experienced something in his own life from a step of faith that was supernatural. The catch was huge. It didn't make sense, but he simply obeyed. And the Bible says that Jesus brought about the catch. Do you get that? It wasn't Simon's job to convince the fish to bite or to gather. It was simply his job to put out the net. And Jesus brought about the results. The Bible says the catch was massive. It was far too big for poor old Simon to catch by himself. Now you might be thinking, God, the thing you're asking me to do is too big for me. I can't do this lord it's beyond my ability to to cope it's beyond my ability to do i have no experience potentially going this deep and i have i have nothing to offer except my my tininess and god says that's all i want that's all i need from you that's all i need is the little Experience that you have. And often, the thing that God is going to lead you to is not vastly separated from anything you've ever done before. It's normally going to be connected to your abilities or some talents or some experiences that you've had in your life. It's not going to be devoid of any kind of connection to you. God leads you from a place of connection. There's a connection. And I believe God is doing that in our lives today. He's leading us on into areas that we've never been before. So the catch was too big. Now, listen, this is another important point. Jesus brought help to Simon. Simon had partners who were on the beach and they came out to support Simon in what he was doing. And I, I really feel like though these guys were already fishing partners, God brings people around us to support the thing that he is wanting to do. He doesn't call us to, to, to die under the weight of that thing by ourselves, but he gathers people around. And together, as a unit, we achieve something amazing. That haul of fish near, filled both boats to the point of almost sinking. Maybe God's going to push you where you feel is just right to the edge of where you can cope. But I want to tell you, if God's saying go, go. He's with you in it. Um, Verse eight tells us, and this is significant too, you know, um, our relationship with Jesus is a journey. He meets us where we're at and he leads us on in incremental steps. I said this earlier on. And it's interesting to me as I look at Simon, earlier on um, in verse five, when Jesus tells Simon, let's go out to the deep, drop your nets over, let's catch some fish. Um, Simon refers to Jesus as Master in that verse. He says, Master, if you say, let's go, let's do it, I'll do it. Now, it's interesting that this is one way, this was the current way that Jesus understood, I mean, Simon recognized Jesus or understood Jesus. Later on, after this supernatural event takes place, Simon doesn't call him master anymore, he calls him Lord. Something shifted in the relationship that Simon had with Jesus. Because he decided to obey and take a step of faith, his relationship with Jesus was forever changed. I want to encourage you today, if you're tempted to be like the other fishermen, just sat on the shore washing the nets when Jesus is calling you out, Your relationship is going to be the kind of relationship that lives on a shallow plane. But God calls us into the deep so that we not only can be more fruitful as his people, but experience him on a, a far deeper level than if we were simply spectators watching. When we say, yes, Lord, I believe this is you. I'm not going to second guess and talk myself out of this. I'm going to exercise faith and simply obey. Yes, it's risky and it makes your heart beat faster. and, And there are questions, but you see Jesus in a deeper and a far meaningful light. He goes from being just someone who's a good teacher to someone who is the Lord the guy who calls the shots in your life. And you go to places in your relationship with him that you've never experienced before. He went from being just a teacher to being the Lord of Simon's life. Simon was prepared to say, God, whatever you want, whatever you say, wherever you call me, I will go. And the other thing that is really important that we see is that Simon becomes even increasingly more aware of his unworthiness of this kindness and this grace and this anointing. He says, Lord, go away from me. I am not worthy to be someone through whom you do such miraculous things. But that's exactly the point. We aren't worthy. And yet God still chooses to do miracles through us today. I want to tell you, God is doing something significant in the world right now. On one hand, we might be fearing that what we had before is going to be broken and things will never be the same. But I want to tell you, God wants to take this situation right now for nations, for cities, for towns, for churches, for individuals to lead us on to his better. God has bigger and better and he will take whatever the devil tries to use to destroy and he will use it to bring increasing glory to himself. I don't know what it looks like, but the one thing I know is that while all of this is changing around us, we have the one who is unchanging. And I want to tell you today that he is with you right now, that he is in you right now, that he is for you right now. You know, sometimes the shallow water is not the safest and best place to be. Sometimes the deep waters are the safest place to be. You know, when a storm is blowing in, You don't wanna be in the impact zone when you're in a boat. You wanna be out in the deep. If a tsunami is coming, you don't wanna be sat on the shore washing your nets. You wanna be out in the deep, riding the waves with Jesus. And so I wanna encourage you today I don't know how that applies to your own life, but it, it, it grows in meaning for me personally. I'm trusting God to lead me through change in my own life. And I'm believing that God is going to do significant things in your life today as you are simply prepared to say, God, it, it doesn't look like the right time. It doesn't look like the right place. It doesn't make sense, whatever to me. But if you say it, God, I'm choosing not to second guess and talk myself out of it, but simply to obey you. God bless you, folks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.
0: Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.